0: From the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And we are back with Kinwork Connections. They are a full-service genealogy company, and they're helping people all over the world. The owner and founder, genealogist herself, Pamela Noji, welcome back today. How are you?
1: Oh, it's really good to be here, and I'm doing fine. Great. I hope you are, too. Well,
0: pleasure to have you here. You're hailing from Washington, D.C., correct? I am beautiful Uh, again she has her doctorate Uh, she is an amazing woman who has such an amazing story to share and she's trying to help you all yes anyone around the world she can work with you no matter where you're based to help you create and maintain maybe relationships uh, that you never even knew existed but she can help you with genealogy also known as family history and uh, again we just want to welcome you back to the show would you mind sharing the best forms of contact for you
1: Um, Best way to contact me is via my website, which is kinworkconnections.com, or simply by email, which is kin1889 at me.com.
0: Beautiful. And so your company obviously is helping so many people. Uh, Would you mind giving us a little bit of a background since we have new listeners each and every
1: week? Uh, well, I started out uh, about 15 years ago, uh, came from a different discipline. I was a medieval art historian, and I taught for a little while. But now I do a completely different kind of research, and yet it's still research. So I've been helping people on and off uh, throughout all these years with a variety of different projects, large and small.
0: Beautiful. And also, uh, you mentioned there's so much to Kinwork Connections and what brought you here. Could you share a little bit of your personal background and story about how you got started and your love and passion for this? I know you started this over 17 years ago.
1: Yeah, I started it when my father passed away, which is actually when many people come to genealogy because they inherit the family papers, which is what happened to me. And So that's what got me started. And my family had a pretty good number of papers, objects, photographs. So I had a lot to work with. And then I just dug in, and I haven't come up for air since.
0: I love the way you say that. That's right, your own family. Um, It was out in uh, New England, correct? And then you said also overseas in Germany and Hawaii. Yes,
1: um, my family is mostly New England, and they've kind of moved towards New York and Pennsylvania. Um, My husband's family is from Japan, so they came through Hawaii and then came to the West Coast. So I've done that. And then um, I've done some English and German research, which is my family on the other side, the other pond, um, over to Europe rather than the pond over to Asia.
0: Wonderful. Well, what did you want to talk about and focus on today about genealogy and your services and all that you can help so many people with?
1: Well, what I really would like to talk about is what you can do before you hire. So one of the main things that I think you need to do is to talk to relatives. Now, if you're lucky, you'll have quite a few older relatives to speak to. I did not have quite so many. Um, most of my relatives had passed away by the time I got interested in this. So, you know, strike while the iron's hot and talk to them, interview them. You might want to tape record, well, you probably record it on your phone, but um, you can ask them for things like dates and places and people's names and so forth, but the other thing that you can do is ask kind of more open-ended questions. You know, what was Granny Sue like? Or if you know that they went somewhere on vacation, why did you go there and did you like it? What did you like about it? Or did your family have a special thing they did every dinner time? So those are the kind of things that you get people talking, you get more story. Um, You can possibly do the dates and places and stuff by yourself, but you'll never get anything by yourself if you don't talk to these people i would say today most people record you can of course write down what you're interviewing people about but i often suggest to transcribe what uh, the interview was um just for safekeeping so i didn't get to talk to relatives very much as i said i have very few
0: a lot of people, I think, are on that same boat, which makes them all say, well, how can genealogy help me then? Well, because there's experts out there in the field that know how to do the work that we don't to uncover what's lost, uh, what can be found, and of course, what's been hidden maybe for generations.
1: Yes, it can be. Um, but even a few relatives I had left, and um, they are fairly distant, actually, but there was an uncle who known my great-grandmother, who had come over from England, and I thought to ask him, I said, did she still have a British accent? And he said, well, of course she did. I thought that was really cool, because I didn't know what she sounded like. And then I also heard from another cousin that uh, my father's sister um, was unfortunately well less than my father. So my father was good looking and his sister wasn't so much according to this lady and he felt so badly for Audrey who was not attractive. Now the reason I'm telling you about things you can do is because you want to have something for the genealogist to start with. And you also don't want them to redo what has already been done. You want to get them as much information so that they can take off from someplace. place. You know, my family came from New Jersey. Um, Really isn't enough detail. And I think people don't realize how much they might already have and how much they already know. So one of the things, I just spoke about my treasure box for my family, but what about other families? What about relative families? What if a grandmother has passed away? They've lived in that house for donkey's years. I would say, do not pass, go, do not collect $200. Go directly to that house. (laughs) Yeah. Because you don't know what they have. And they could have stuff that really helps move your family history along. Now. Sometimes you can't get access. I have a family relative who passed away, and I was not allowed uh, in the house. And I was quite upset, because what I received was uh, several copies of three photographs, and that was it. I know there was more in that house. But sometimes people don't think about what would it mean for family history for me to have something like somebody's report card, or, you know, they're not things that are absolutely necessary to have, but they really help round out sort of what a person was like. Um, then on the other hand, I once went to a cousin's house with my scanner. Oh. And I scanned everything in his photo albums, including we took down off the wall the portraits of his daughters in their frames and scanned them that way. So sometimes people are really helpful and want to share things with you. Other times, not quite so much. So once you've done that and you've looked in your own house, you'll probably find some number of papers, photographs, documents, all kinds of things. I suggest digitizing everything that you possibly can and get it up on the cloud and, and or make a backup on an external hard drive. Um, I actually had... I've inherited a lot of things, like I said, but one of the things that's really interesting was I inherited a copy of the Pond family history. That's one of the surnames in my family Okay. This book was written and published in 1875, and it had been sent to my grandmother by the author, with whom she had a correspondence. So I have their letters back and forth, as well as the book. So the other thing is, okay, you've digitized all these things. You might want to consider, if you're keeping the actual objects, you might want to consider getting archival boxes, tissue paper, etc. They're a little pricey, as they can be. Obtained online in a variety of ways, but the thing is, is that you, if you are keeping things of this nature, you do not want to use normal paper. Normal paper um, off-gasses is what is called uh, substances that help uh, deteriorate your objects, and so this is not a good idea. So, if you're going to keep them, um, I would suggest getting a couple of archival boxes and interlining things with um, tissue paper and stuff to keep objects and papers from touching one another. You really want to buffer in between them. Have any of you, perhaps, inherited some newspaper clippings? hmm Newspaper clippings are fun things to have,
0: and how should we how should we keep those uh, archived the same way with some tissue paper or is there a, a better way to preserve these things? Because it's scary to think you may lose it one day. Do, I I honestly thought that we should laminate things, but then I'm thinking the lamination process of plastic on top and the heat may not be a good thing for such a precious document.
1: Well, you know, I have inherited both laminated. Um, obituaries, and non-laminated things. And the laminated ones are from the, mm, let's say, from the 1960s, 70s, and they're still in pretty good shape. But you do want to do something special with newspaper. Newspaper is extremely toxic. Anything it touches can become discolored very quickly. Now, if it goes, stays long enough, it also will destroy what it touches. I have a letter from the 1960s, and it had an enclosed newspaper article folded up with it. The letter was completely legible. However, even from 1960, the area, of the, the outline of the article had degraded the letter in that area where it had touched it illegible at this time but over time it might not have been so i did take them apart i put the letter in one section and i put the newspaper in another and because the newspaper is so bad i would suggest wrapping it more than once in tissue paper because it really can hurt other things Mm -hmm. it's not only that it may go bad but that it can make other things deteriorate and quickly. Have you ever thought about what else you might inherit? How about photographs?
0: Lots and lots of photographs. Yep, I have some of those. And even for my great-grandmother, and they're just so delicate. They're black and white, but there's all cracks in them.
1: but well, you know, there are a um, fair number of um, programs that, that you can use to restore photographs. You can also pay somebody to do it. But there's some programs out there. Um, I've tried to use one. It's a little tricky. Um, So I kind of just leave my photographs in the the way that I receive them. But you also want to take special care of photographs. You want to make sure that nothing is touching the top of the photograph, the front of it. And you want to be careful about how you identify the people in the photograph. Now, I received a lot of photographs on which my mother, in her very nice handwriting, in ballpoint ink, wrote the names of the people, sort of like over their heads, in on the <laughs> actual photograph. That's a no-no. If you can help it, you don't want to write on the photograph at all. You don't want to write on the back. And anything that you put near it, a piece of paper, um, perhaps that you write the identification of the people in the photograph on uh, should be written in pencil. You don't want ink anywhere near these things. I don't know if you've ever done any research where you go someplace and they only let you take pencils into the reading room with the documents. Um, And it's because, well, uh, it's not Yves. Okay. Uh, I unfortunately have a lot of unidentified photographs, and there's something of a problem. Um, However, there's this really neat website called Dead Fred. Are you there? Um, Yes, (laughs) I'm. I'm I'm sorry. Another call was coming in. Oh, Um, no
0: problem. No problem.
1: (laughs) So Dead Fred is this really cool site. People upload unidentified photos. Maybe they've got a first name, a time frame, maybe a location, because sometimes the photographer's name is on a particular type of 19th century portrait. that's called a carte visite. <clears throat> and you can also upload your own photos that you don't quite know who they are. And over time, one hopes, it doesn't happen a lot, but one hopes that somebody else who's researching and looking is the unidentified person in your photo, and they know who it is, and then they contact you. So this is actually a really good thing. Well, oh
0: my god! What is the name of this site?
1: Okay, it's called Dead Fred.
0: Dead. Why it's called? Oh, spell Bed spell Fred. It for me. D
1: e a d f r e d. Oh wow! So that's kind of a fun little something that you can do
0: that's so fun I've heard of dead Fred I now oh my goodness search preserve record oh my goodness uh-huh. a great way to archive your photos
1: look at this oh my goodness so instead of well you have to have a digital copy obviously to upload it but it's another place to store things and like I said it's also supposed to be to help you identify um, unidentified people in photographs
0: Wow, this is a great site so you, and you also taught me about I'll never forget, and I told all my friends about, um, you can find anyone um, anyone's plot on a cemetery like that website you gave us a few weeks ago
1: Oh really, yeah I mean, um, find a grave is such a great place yeah. people laugh when I talk about find a grave but I mean, it's a great site, and it is about graves So yeah. we genealogists love cemeteries
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love
1: it. <laughs> and
0: just remind our listeners, if you can here, uh, best forms of contact for
1: you, how we can reach you. On my website at www.kinworkconnections.com or my email, KIN1889 at me.com.
0: All right, we're going to take a quick quick break right now and when we return we'll continue to talk about genealogy and of course all the services that you can provide
2: stay tuned parallels desktop the number one choice of mac users to run windows on mac windows applications run effortlessly parallels desktop is seamless and fast whether you need to run a windows program develop or test game or just looking for the ultimate flexibility without having to restart You're completely covered with Parallels Desktop for Mac. Fast, powerful, and easy. Parallels Desktop, the number one choice of Mac users to run Windows on Mac. Windows applications run effortlessly. Parallels Desktop is seamless and fast. Whether you need to run a Windows program, develop or test, game, or just looking for the ultimate flexibility without having to restart, You're completely covered with Parallel's Desktop for Mac. Fast, powerful, and easy.
0: from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And welcome back to the show. We are joined here by the owner of Kin Work Connections. That's kinworkconnections.com. Yes, Pamela Luznoji, she's been doing genealogy for so many years. And like she says, she hasn't come up for air since she started over 17 years ago. Welcome back to the show.
1: Oh, thanks. I'm glad to be here.
0: <laughs> All right, great. So continue. You we were just talking about some great sites. Uh, you mentioned Dead Fred. If We have some old photographs. We're not sure, you know, who they are. You can upload them to the site. Uh, what else did you want to share with us?
1: Well, I wanted to say that I don't know whether people are in the same boat as I am, but I do not have any descendants. And even if you do, sometimes young people these days, they don't want your old junk, as it were. They're smaller they have smaller apartments, all kinds of things. So if you don't want to keep all of your hard copies in archival boxes, what can you do? You can donate things. Now it depends on the place and what they take and what they don't take and you do have to ask permission or just, you know, let them know what it is you want to donate. So I had a paper document from like 1855, that advertised a ball in Warren, Pennsylvania. I thought this was really kind of a neat document. It told you who were the organizers and what the music was going to be. It was on this pretty blue paper. Um, so I called the Warren County Historical Society and asked them if they wanted it. And they actually did. So that was a good home for it. So. That's what I'm also thinking about, is what is a good home for things when I'm no longer here and my niece, who's my only heir, um, does not want things. And she also lives far away, so it costs a lot of money to mail stuff to her. Um, so that's that's a document kind of thing. The one caveat, let's go back to talking about unidentified photographs, Unfortunately, most historical societies will not accept unidentified photographs, so uh, you can't give them away, which is sometimes a problem. I have a whole lot, and I don't know who anybody is. It was a group given to me, and so I don't know that much about it. But I also had an object that was part of my family's history. So do y'all know what a bed warmer is?
0: No, I don't. I know, heated blankets on
1: (laughs) beds. Well, bed warmers were used in earlier times, and and they were basically like a, a pan with a lid, and you put coals in them. They were metal. You put coals in them, and this little thing was on a long stick, and you put it in between the sheets for a little while and mushed it around and warmed up the sheets before you got into bed. This is, of course, before collected blankets. (laughs) Exactly. That's what we use. So I had a bed warmer from the 18th century from Connecticut. I could document its provenance. I had the handwritten 1812 inventory of the gentleman who had brought it from Connecticut and was giving it to his um, heirs. In Oneida County, New York. Um, so it was really quite clear where it came from, what its date was, and all of the owners were DAR Patriots. that started of the American Revolution. So since I'm in DC, I went over there and I said, hey, would you like my that Warmer? And they thought about it a little bit, but. It was interesting because they said they have plenty of 19th century bed warmers in their collection, but they don't have many 18th century ones and ones with such clear provenance. So they accepted my donation. And now it will be in the DR collection from here to eternity, I guess. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's really leaving a legacy, which is, you know, kind of part of the other half, as it were, of doing your own family history is to kind of get the things that were important to your family, if you can't keep them, to some sort of a place, a historical society, a genealogy society, an archive. Um, It all depends on what their collection criteria are. As we were saying yeah, I didn't want 19th century bed warmers, but they were very happy to have an 18th century bed warmer. Mm-hmm. So, it may sound like I'm asking somebody to do an awful lot of work before I come along, but the more you have put together, the more you know, the more you can give to your researcher, <clears throat> the less likely they will be spinning their wheels, wasting your time and money. Um. So the, other thing you can do online, in like a variety of places, there are empty, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, ancestor charts. Sometimes they're for like four generations up to maybe six generations, and you can start filling them in with the information that you have found. It's a nice, clean way to visualize um, the information, and I'm a very visual person. And <clears throat> that would be a nice thing to be able to give your genealogist is some indication of what you already know. Yeah, because you really don't want to have the uh, researcher just go off on tangents and find out stuff you already knew. Yeah.
0: Well, this has been another enlightening conversation as always, (laughs) and we're (laughs) just about out of time. So, unfortunately, we do have to wrap it up. Would you mind sharing all forms of contact again?
1: Okay, my contact is www.kinworkconnections, all one word, dot com, or my email, kin1889 at me dot com.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for being here, for joining us, and as always, enlightening us and uh, giving us again those websites again dead Fred. Check that one out if you have some pictures. Oh my gosh, that's a great one. Uh, And uh, Thank you again for really enlightening us today and also find a grave. That website is another one. Uh, So much we could do out there in search of our ancestors, our history and again, talk to those around you that are still alive, especially our elders. Get all the information you can. Write it down. Uh, Definitely some advice that I've been learning from you and again, want to thank you for joining us once again here today. Uh, Kinwork connections.com Pamela Luznoji and uh, we'll be back with you hopefully soon have a fantastic day and to all of our listeners thank you stay tuned more of the show is on the way broadcasting from the business capital of the world this
2: is the podcast business news network Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you a. Put yourself in her shoes. How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she she has split ends. B. Console her. Oh, sweetie, this is gonna happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C. Take charge. Gotta get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No.